Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to the CJJC Show. Embrace the controversy. Stay for the biased takes. We are getting ready for what Jalen said would be the most hyped Thanksgiving football games we have seen. But first, we have to get through a rough Week 12 drive through So sit back and enjoy the show. We uh, lost lost your connection there, Colby. We're doing good. We lost your connection there uh, a little bit, and we lost your connection there. But like you said, it is gonna. It was a tough week for uh, for our teams. You know, it's uh, even even for Christian. I think he wouldn't be too proud of his Ravens performance at first for those first three quarters. So. Gross, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I was about to say it's been a rough one over here, but outside of that, you know, we're getting ready for the Thanksgiving holiday and stuff. We're here getting you the content and everything ready. So Cole, it's good to talk to you, even though you're on the road. We're doing our classic uh, drive-through. Here we go. <laughs> um, we got the games ready. Um, did we talk about the Packers, or was that game already said and done when we were wrapping uh, up? Yeah, I mean, we talked about it on Thursday because it was. I mean, it was still going on, but the Titans, I'm pretty sure, like, when we were finishing up, the Titans were, were pulling away. So, I think we pretty well covered that one. All right. So, yeah, we don't have to talk about that Aaron Rodgers collapse. So, we're going to go ahead and move on to a fun one. Top of the list. Colby, you fade. we fade the Bears once again. Uh, Falcons did come through with the victory. Um, covering the spread-wise, I'm trying to double-check that right now. I think it might have been a push, because wasn't it the line, like, Bears plus three? And a half, though. So, let's see. Yeah, Falcons did not cover, but Bears did. Um, uh, so I think you're right. So, I actually broke my Bears, so I got another Bears game right, technically. Technically, but they didn't win again. Um, <laughs> so, I'm counting that. That's huge. Yep, yep, yep. I was about to say, it is huge. It is huge. Got to count it for what it's for. Um, it was a fun game, though. A lot. Of people, I feel like this was a out of the gross, sloppy one o'clock slot slate of games that we had. I think this one was one of those ones that actually held up to its end of the bargain. Um, run, a lot of run, running game going on, but Cordell Patterson hitting his mark and stuff for the Falcons on his uh, kickoff return. So it's been a it's been a pretty good. It was a very entertaining game, Cole. What are your thoughts on this one? games of the one o'clock slate as we said it wasn't its prettiest um i mean the falcons man like you gotta give them credit i really thought after the how Mariota looked against carolina last week i was like oh man he uh the falcons little frisky run maybe coming to an end here the wheels might be starting to come off but credit to him he played a lot better this game um they spread the ball around they did lose pits uh to a knee injury i believe i'm um, not sure what his status is going to be going forward so that's a big loss but yeah, man, Arthur Smith, the Falcons, like, they continue to look good and play overachieve. I mean, they're right there in the NFC playoff mix. And for the Bears, you know, 
Justin Fields continues to be exciting, make plays, but still making some of those young mistakes, even though he has looked really good the last few weeks. He's still been making mistakes, and they've still been losing. It's honestly kind of the best-case scenario for the Bears. Like, this roster is not really ready to compete, but they clearly, like, they've got their guy, quarterback, um, and they're going to have a very high draft pick. So, like, their roster still just isn't there yet. We expected the Bears to be awful going into the year, and I think they're a little better than both of us thought, but they're still not a good team. They're looking like they're in position of probably a top, definitely a top 10, probably a top five pick. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I don't feel terrible for the Bears. Um, it's, it's probably just thing that they can't close these games out. But, I mean, they've been right there in all these games. So. Yeah, I was about to say, the Bears are keeping every game interesting, and I think that's their plan going forward, you know, trying to keep everything interesting so we get the building blocks. Oh, here we go, folks. We got a penalty kick for Gareth Bale. And uh, I'm a little conflicted here, because, of course, this is Wales versus the United States. Gareth Bale was one of the guys that uh, got me back into soccer. So back when he balled out for the Euro back in, like, 2018, 2020. But that was a long time ago. Can he uh, fuck this up for the USA, though? Just this one time. Very anticipating. Going to wa watching this going down right now. Um, but yeah, dude, speaking of, you know, they're just, the Bears, they're keeping things very competitive and fun. Like I said, they I feel like if they keep every game fun, that's a good thing for the Bears, whether or not, and he scored. <laughs> but uh, whether or not, you know, things go left or right for the Bears, you know, win or lose. I think, you know, they're going, they're going in the right direction with what they're doing. So, it's a feel-good game. Falcons are here in the sloppy NFC wildcard hunt. So, they're yeah. They're right there, man. I mean, they're right there in the race for their division. And, and, I mean, they're honestly not they're not in the wildcard race either. There's obviously still a lot of games, a lot of good bit of games left. But the only other, the last thing I did want to say, um, we can, we'll can talk about the Steelers obviously later, but the one – and it's kind of a negative for the Bears, but early returns on this uh, Chase Claypool train looking pretty good. Getting the Bears a uh, second-round pick, uh, and in, I believe, three games, maybe four since he's been traded there, but I think it's three. Um, Chase Claypool since being traded, five catches for 32 yards. Uh, so it's obviously very early, but so far that's looking like a, a, a fleecing from the Steelers. For the Steelers. I don't know, man. That Chase Claypool thing has also opened up the offense. You may say he's not getting as much targets, but I've seen a lot more scoring since he showed up onto the scene, yeah, for sure. sure. No, that's true. That's a fair counterpoint. I think I mean, both I think teams are going in the direction they want to go. Yeah. I mean, I think, I said right after that happened when we talked, um, and I feel like you probably agree with me, but I mean, I, I did feel like it was a good trade for both sides. Like, it makes sense. Um but he hasn't produced a ton yet. But like you said, yeah, he is. I mean, he is someone that defenses do have to pay attention to. So. Yeah, he is now someone, especially when you have Darnell Mooney. He was making some good plays out there yesterday. Yeah, he's a beast. Yeah. So, it's, like I said, Bears are going to be interesting going forward. And Falcons, you know, they their players showed up to pull up with the victory yesterday with Cordell Patterson and his uh, big performance. So, we're going to move on. To the next game, we got Eagles at the Colts. Colts probably had Colby fronting a little bit on this one because he was talking that talk about how the Eagles had, were his lock. Um, yeah, but they did pull through. They didn't cover, but they did pull through. They got the win. Um, what are your th My question is for you, what are your thoughts on these Saturdays, man? These Saturday Colts are 
they're keeping they're covering every game so far two for two yeah yeah i mean yeah like it was not a good week for my locks this one um at pittsburgh i believe it's my other lot that lost um but yeah no um gotta give jeff saturday credit i mean he doesn't he appears to not be in over his head i mean they could easily be two and oh they were up basically the whole game uh and then Jalen hurts was able to pull it out at the end the Colts defense uh, did a really good job in this game, managing it, hold the Eagles to just 17, even though they didn't move the ball pretty well. Um, yeah, I mean, Saturday, I mean, we'll see how the Colts do down the stretch, but, like, he's done a lot better than I thought he would. I got to give him credit there. And he, I think, I mean, so far, they've looked better in these two games, I mean, somewhat, than Frank Wright kind of looking this year. So, I think he's got a good chance to uh, essentially get that job long-term going forward. Um, so yeah, I gotta give Saturday some credit. The Colts have—they're running the ball better. They've been a lot more, a lot more competitive. They should have—they could have easily had the game. So, um, yeah, no, I gotta give Saturday some props. Yeah, Saturday definitely had me surprised. I felt like this one—you kind of had the feeling the Eagles were trying to find a way to rally, and they were going to in the fourth when they were down ten, and they just came back. And I was just. Hoping that Matt Ryan had some enough in the tank, but he did not. And I think that also will speak to the Colts this season is, you know, their their roster is going to be very, a thing we've seen is going to be limited. But these guys, man, they did put up a great performance. I thought it was very, very fun. I thought it was a good game to watch because obviously I was rooting for the Eagles downfall. And uh, I was preemptively hoping that, you know, if the Eagles were to lose that game, the winner of the Cowboy Vikings game, you know, would be sitting in a nicer spot, but that we'll talk about that later because that was that did not turn out anyway. It, for the moment, I pretty much made that plan. Nothing happened according to it. So, um, shout out to the Eagles though, coming through in the clutch. That's what you need to see from your playoff teams. You know, it's the rally through, even though when they're in the tough spot, you know, so they're not streaking. They just bounced right back and covered. Um, but yeah, uh, good for them. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I definitely think it has. It is definitely a little concerning how the Eagles looked these last two games. Um, so they've, they've clearly got some issues, but they managed to win this one. They're still nine and one. I think mean, the driver's seat for the number one seed, and they have Green Bay next week. I think on Sunday Night Football, um, so they should win that one. Um, yeah, I don't really know. We'll see how they do down the stretch, um, but there's definitely some concerns. They gotta. Got to get back on the right track. Um, but I still think the Eagles are a very, very good team and should still be one of the favorites, not be favorite in that FC. Yeah, I was about to say, especially after the performance of uh, one of those 4 o'clock teams, like I said, we'll talk about later. Um, it's just, dang, man. That Like I said, it's good to see from the Eagles, though. For the, from an Eagles fan perspective, it's good to see your team rally, you know, in a spot like that. Even though, yeah, the, wind's having, the wind wasn't pretty. But speaking of a win that was probably even grosser, Jets at Patriots. Oh. <laughs> one of Colby's grosser locks. Um, another gross one. The Jets, <laughs> man. Zach Wilson uh, only getting negative 21 yards, two passing yards total. But if you're including the sacks, it's a negative 21. Yeah, he had like, I think it was like 77 passing yards. He only completed nine passes. He, the Jets, man, this one, these two Patriot games really stink for the Jets because, like, 
I mean, you look at it, the Jets have a better team than the Patriots. Like, they have a better roster. I don't think it's – I don't even know. I mean, it's not, like, super close. And yet the Patriots swept them because Zach Wilson was just completely atrocious in both games. And then after the game, he basically took no responsibility, so that's also concerning. Um, and, and the, yeah, this one was, like, 3-3 up until the punt return at the very end. The Patriots won it. Yeah, I mean, I – Zach Wilson – it's not looking too good. I don't know if, I mean, you obviously are going to give him to the end of the season and see. We'll see how the Jets finish, but he might not be the guy going into year three because, I mean, he doesn't really look to be improving, and they don't. They clearly don't trust him, and they shouldn't after that last game. I mean, he, he just misses a lot of throws, man. He, he was airmailing a lot of throws. So, very concerned how Zach Wilson looked. That was, that was not good. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was very bad. Belichick once again exposed uh, the Jets' quarterback situation, and uh, dude, I mean, this one you can't even talk about. That I feel like just not even as a team, you're cursed. This is just, you know, I think this is just speaking of the Jets' quarterback situation because this is a different Jets team. They had the Patriots beat for almost the entire game until literally, like you said, the punt happened, the power play, whatever, you know. It, it was unfortunate for and then the line that was just completely unfortunate. I saw the look on Salah's face; he was disgusted. Um, you know, and to hear Zach Wilson say no and not take accountability for it—that was just ridiculous. Um, my thing is, it's just like we did talk, I think, a little bit about putting Joe Flacco or Zach White in for this game. Uh, I think we mentioned it just a little bit jokingly, but now I think people are starting to consider it seriously. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, Colby? I mean, last time we talked about this, I I, I mean, I still don't think I would do that just because I just don't. I mean, I I feel like I will at least give Wilson. It is Belichick and the Patriots, but I I feel like he at least unless he continues to play just this this bad, then he may have to do it, but. Because you're wasting a great defense. Their defense was awesome in that game, and it's been really good all year. Um, I still think you give them to the end of the year, but I, mostly just because I don't really believe in Mike White or Flacco. Like, they're both backups at this point. Um, but I do think the Jets, if the season continues to go like this, I mean, they've they got to be looking for a quarterback in the offseason. Maybe, maybe Jimmy G uh, would make sense there. They do have more Michael Floor from the Niners. Um, Zach, he's going to be under a lot of pressure the rest of the way here. Uh, he's really got to make some dramatic improvements. Or, so I don't think they'll bench him yet, but I do think uh, but I think he's in real jeopardy of not being the guy next year. Sure. Yeah, no, I agree. He is in the jeopardy of being not the guy. Right now, your division is uh, popping off. They all took a win, and the Dolphins were on a bye. So now they're sitting at the bottom of the AFC East. Um, when they were sitting in a pretty like that's the thing. I know that division's pretty crazy and competitive, but you can't you ha, you had you had the season in the right spot where you were set up to be the second or you know at least a team that wasn't going to be in the bottom, you know. And now it's looking like due to your quarterback situation and what happened, you got swept by the Patriots again this year. So now it's looking like all over again that you might be at the bottom of the of the division. It's an uphill battle for the Jets. But who knows? Uh, for many people that are out there, there's also a coin out there that says that 
a coin bet. Uh, Colby, I don't know if you heard about it, but there's a coin. Someone did a coin toss for each game, and they're well, so far eleven and zero, and they have the Jets going all the way to the AFC Championship. So who knows how the Jets rally? But the coin right now says that they they'll they'll get it together. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I have seen that, which that is wild. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is. I, um, man, the thing that stinks, really stinks for the Jets is, and wait, I mean, we did also, this is obviously hindsight 2020, and we said the same thing about San Francisco, but imagine, where would the Jets be, what would the, how would the Jets be feeling right now had they picked Fields instead of Wilson in that draft? I mean, we'd probably be talking about them as Super Bowl contenders if they had Fields instead of Wilson, because they, they have a lot, I mean, the whole line is still not great. They still, it's not like it's a perfect offense, even though they have some nice weapons, but, I mean, this this game, and the last two games against the Patriots, I mean, it's all on, it's on Zach Wilson, so. Yeah. It's tough times. <laughs> it is tough times, especially when you don't have your, uh, what, suit, what it looked like it was starting to develop to be your, uh, you know, getaway, your getaway man, your escape goat, uh, Brees Hall. Brees Hall was developing into a great tool for the Jets. Yeah, because he was, whatever mistakes he, Zach Wilson was having, he did, didn't have as many of them when Brees Hall was around. So. Uh, yeah, and then I guess, I mean, the Patriots, like, they're kind of all, they're obviously better than we both thought they would be. I think we've said that, but. I mean, they're still, their offense, Mac Jones was better than Zach Wilson in this game, but wasn't great. I mean, he completed a lot of his passes, but the play calling for the Patriots is terrible. I mean, their offense is also terrible. So, these two teams are kind of very similar in that regard, and Mac Jones is just, I mean, a little bit more confident than Zach Wilson at this point, even though, you know, I've never been a huge Mac Jones guy, but... So, the Patriots, you know, they're going to be right there in the mix until the end, but I, I do just... I, I still lean that I don't think they're going to end up getting in the playoffs just because their offense is just so limited. Yeah, I, it's going to be. I mean, the defense is like the, the defense is holding up to their end of the bargain, though. So we'll see, man. It's it's crazy to see the Patriots and still still out there fighting. Um, let's move on to the next one. We got Commanders at Texans. Oh. Um, Colby, you backed up the Davis Mills bandwagon this last game. I didn't. I knew wisely that you, uh, to go the Heineke on this one, but sadly, we got to break down the Davis Mills again performance. Colby, you got anything to say? Yeah, um, you know, two weeks ago we had to have the series talk, um, and I picked Davis Mills, and I picked the Texans in this game. I was, I was pulling for him to get it done, but... I think the wagon has crashed, and we may just want to. We may it may be time to desert it. I, I know we said get it to the end of the year, but did you see what Bobby Smith said today? They were asking him in the press conference, and he basically was like, "Obviously, the offense hasn't been good enough." And I don't remember what the exact quote was, but he essentially left the door open to potentially uh, benching Davis Mills for Kyle Allen. So, I mean, the, the Texans had like I, I, I remember. Uh, just like a, I was listening to the radio while I was driving. The Texans, I think they said, had like negative one total yards in the first half. I mean, they could not move the ball at all. He, he's regressed badly this year, Davis Mills has. I mean, he, he had to have this one. Um, they're in the, far and away in the driver's seat, the number one pick. And I, 
do think a lot of it, the Lovey Smith hire was just made no sense to both of us. And, uh, and it's been, it's going badly. So, yeah, I mean, I think, I think the bandwagon, it, it may be done, Jay. This was, this was bad. Yeah, I, 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 Colby, I think I agree with you on this one. I think we can, uh, we can at least park it for now. You know, we can rub up the engine for a trap game, maybe one or two games left in the season, you know. But besides that, I think uh, I think Davis Mills, especially from what you just said right there, um, just really, really hammers home what I'm about to say here because zero passing touchdowns, two interceptions, five sacks um, for only 169 yards. Davis Mills. Um Compared to our Lord and Savior who keeps the ball, I guess, protected, you can say, um, Heineke, Heineke, <laughs> who didn't score any touchdowns, but didn't turn over the ball at all, which is, you know, something I guess you want to see, Davis, is not two interceptions. And I'm just struggling trying to roll this thing over. There we go. Yeah, and Heineke had only 191 yards. So that game wasn't even that fun to watch, passing-wise. <laughs> and Davis Mills, I think we at before this game probably would have agreed that as a passer had a better chance to put up better numbers, but no, nah, Heineke came out there, controlled the ball, controlled the game situation. They were in the lead the whole time because their defense put him in great situations, and uh, he took advantage of that. That's what you want to see from a guy that you literally said named your quarterback, and why? Because he wins. That's why. <laughs> like Ron Rivera said about the Carson Wentz situation. He's never great, but he does enough. He, he's kind of, I don't necessarily want to call him a game manager because that doesn't really feel entirely accurate. No. He does take some gambles and he has bad turnovers sometimes, but he also makes big plays. But yeah, like he said, he's been winning. The guys like him. I mean, they started one and four and now they're six and five. Five and one in their last six. They're on a roll. I got to give Ron Rivera a lot of credit too. I mean, he's clearly for all that's been wrong with this organization. He's not the problem. Um, so I think we were talking earlier in the year about, like, could his job be in jeopardy a little bit? He, he's safe, I think, for sure. Um, yeah, I think, like you said, I mean, Washington, they have a pretty nice roster. They have some, some obviously some holes, but they have some really good pieces. Um, they have some fun weapons on offense, and their defense is finally starting to, now they're getting Chase Young back finally. Um, their defense is starting to come together. So, yeah, Washington... I mean, the whole NFC East has a winning record. They're right there in the mix for, for a playoff spot. In the mix for that last wild card. be crazy if all four NFC East teams got in. I still think Washington, they probably end up missing out. But, yeah, man, I got to give Heineke and the team some props. Their commanders are on a roll. Yeah, commanders are on a roll. Five and one, like you said. <clears throat> Just electric, it's electric times in Commanders right now. And I, I want to bring up one thing. We did say Ron Rivera would be on the hot seat, but I would like to say that we did say Ron Rivera was on was the only good thing about that organization because he is a good <laughs> you remember he was a good personality in the locker room. He does keep, you know, things pretty much glued together. So I think that was the one thing we did say about him, even though he was losing games. We were like, Yeah, he's losing, but um <clears throat> You know, he's still the, a good person to have in the locker room and just around, you know. Yeah, no, absolutely. He's, I mean, the team is clearly bought in, and like you said, with Heineke, they're rolling. So, 
We'll see how they finish out, but they're definitely going to be one of the most interesting teams to keep an eye on down the stretch. Yep, they will be. Um, all right, moving on to the next one. Rams at Saints. A, ba- a battle of uh, questionable backups and old starters. Stafford out, but Dalton was balling in, kind of. I think he was, like, kind of decent. He threw some... He actually had a pretty good game. Yeah, I was about to say. Yeah, Stafford did end up getting hurt. And, yeah, Dalton was in. And they did, yep, the Taysom Hill rotation, as as always, of course. Dalton, yeah, Dalton did pretty good. 260 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. So, Dalton had himself a day uh, against the broken-down L.A. Rams that somehow can't stop a, I guess, a Saints offense that we all written off already. Colby, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, yeah, this was a disgusting matchup. We said it was this game of disappointing teams. Um, like you did say, I mean, I give you credit, you did mention, like, I, know, I think being personal both on the Rams and you picked the Saints, um, as you just said, they are a lot better at home. Saints are still not good. This is not going to sway me. Of course, Olave is nasty. He's a problem. I mean, without Cooper Cup, the Rams' offense—I mean, it's been bad with them. And so now that the Rams are done, they're they're three and seven. The Lions are going to get their pick, possibly in the top five. Um, so yeah, I, I give the Saints props. I still don't believe in the Saints at all. They're they're not a good team. Um, but the Rams are worse. The Rams are—I mean—a bottom five team in the league, and maybe like bottom three. At this point, who knows? Stafford got a concussion, so who knows how long he'll be out. I mean, I really just cannot believe how how quickly it all fell apart the year after they won the Super Bowl. That's I mean, that just continues to baffle me. And props to the Saints, but didn't doesn't change my opinion of them too much. They've had some nice performances this year, but they're still not still not a good team. I don't think. Yeah, I, I agree. Saints are still you know probably a little below mediocre of a team. But once again, you know, just compared to the Rams and how dismantled and just how just I don't know how bad they just fallen apart, you know, compared to the Rams. They looked a lot better. Like you said, Dalton, like we said, Dalton balled out. Um, It was a surprisingly good game out of him and his offense. So, yeah, you know, this game, not really much to talk about because it was gross. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. Um, I, this game got moved to Detroit because there was a blizzard almost pretty much across the whole entire country. It was snowing here. It was snowing everywhere, it seemed like. Um, I don't know. Did it snow over there, Colby? Uh, in uh, Rona, Virginia? Just in Virginia in general. No, we, we didn't get any snow. It was pretty cold, but we didn't get any snow. Yeah, pretty cold. That's like, that's might as well just be pretty, that's just as close for you guys. But, um... <laughs> We got Browns at the Bills, which is at Detroit. The Bills Mafia did show up through this game. It was pretty intense. It was pretty good to see and hear them rally through. Um, Bills, they uh, they, came, they came in. Browns were giving them a little bit of fits, but the Bills came through. And after Stephon Diggs had a little word with uh, the coach, he got, he got things back going. He got his touchdown, and all things were good again. The ship was sailing for the Bills. Colby, what were your thoughts? Um, yeah, like I said, I didn't see a ton of this game, but I know the Browns were tied or out for a while. Um, and the Bills continued to look struggling, and then they really kind of finally got their mojo back and started looking like the good Bills. Um, Josh Allen and Diggs, like you said, got a roll in. So that was good to see that the Bills kind of got their offense fixed. Um, 
I mean, it was still a kind of a close game. The Browns, Jacoby Brissett actually had a really nice game, and the Browns scored some points. Um, so I saw some concerns for the Bills, but they, they got a much-needed win to get back on track. Um, Cleveland, again, they still had some really nice pieces, a good roster, but this season is lost now. They're 3-7, they're and seven, so they're done. When Watson gets back, it'll just be about basically him getting in tune for next year. Um, yeah, for the Bills, it was good to see their offense clicking again. We'll see how they kind of finish out down the stretch. I really just, I mean, I just kind of, as good as the Bills can be, I just, I still don't really trust them. You saw for stretches, this game's just kind of just really all over the place. They're just not that consistent, even though they're great. Sometimes moments where it's just not clicking for whatever reason. Um, but this was a big way for the Bills to get back on track. Yeah. So, uh, cut off a little bit there at the end, but like you said, the Bills did get back on track on this one. This was, like you said, they had a rally together. They had to get their mojo back. Um, for the Browns, you got one game before Deshaun Watson gets there. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, you were putting up your best attempt until you threw all those. Uh, I think he had a couple of interceptions. I want to say, because it wasn't pretty at the end there. No, yeah, he just didn't have any interceptions. It just wasn't enough at the end. Um, so, I mean, Brissett, you know, he balled out, but it just wasn't enough. And here comes Deshaun Watson. You have one more game. So do your best, buddy. That's all I could really say about your situation there. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how these Browns go forward these next couple of weeks and how they uh, take this next game and the next and the Texans game after that. But until then, you know, they, it's Brady. And then of course, since Deshaun Watson will be all probably Deshaun Watson will at least be on the practice field. So they'll be reporting uh, reports will be about him coming out. So they'll probably be trying to keep that all away from the Brady magic, but wouldn't count on that. <clears throat> So let's go on to another game. This one was pretty disappointing, I would say, for a lot of Ravens fans. Um, Baker Mayfield and the Panthers went to Baltimore, and they put up a stinker of a game for three quarters. <laughs> and then the Ravens finally got it together and scored a couple touchdowns to put this thing away. Colby, oh no, just the one touchdown, sorry. One touchdown to put this thing away. It was uh, <clears throat> disturbingly gross. And I think the only reason why the Ravens scored was because of a Baker Mayfield turnover. <laughs> so, Colby, what are your thoughts on uh, just this AFC North grossness that's been going on lately? Yeah, um, so the Ravens, I mean, this was concerning for their offense. Their defense is obviously great, but Carolina doesn't have a very good offense. Baker, I mean, what a, it was a nice ride for Baker, but he, he is bad now. He was terrible. Panthers obviously only scoring three points. Um, the Panthers are what they are at this point. They have been definitely a lot more competitive over uh, under Steve Wilkes took over as they fired Matt Rule. Um, but they're still just a bad team. Uh, so, I mean, that's pretty much that on that. We, I know you and I both liked the Panthers to cover because I believe it was like a 13-point spread, and they did cover it's just so many points. For Baltimore, I mean, it does concern me a little bit just the fact that Sometimes this offense is just not clicking for whatever reason. It seems like when they can't run the ball, I mean, they just, as, as much as, as Moore is obviously great, he has stretches where he's not amazing. And they just really still, I mean, the biggest concern you and I have still been saying, even though they're 7-3, and three, 
Um, and we were both saying before the year is the receivers. I, I just don't know if they have the playmakers they're going to need down the stretch. And when they're not running the ball effectively, like you, like this game, there, there's problems. Um, it's good. Their defense was, was dominant in this one. And, I mean, they get the win. They're still one of the top teams in the AFC. But, I mean, I have some concerns about this offense. It's obviously just one game, but there are moments where this offense is not great. And it's definitely something that they're going to have to yeah, especially when Mark Andrews was coming back and uh, you would expect this offense to be getting its, you know, the step back, pep back in its step. There we go. You know, you would expect the Ravens to be trying to get their offense back and going. But once again, I know, I think they had Gus Edwards and a couple injuries again still. But this Ravens offense, like you said, this is supposed to be a playoff team. And right now, that's not a playoff offense. They have a playoff defense, but not a playoff offense. So, another team I think we are definitely going to have to keep an eye on for sure these next few weeks coming in before into the wild card hunt is coming up. Because especially, we got a couple more games before we get to the AFC North battle that you guys partaked in. But now they are starting to look like even through their difficulties and challenges, the Bengals might be able to come back. But before we get to them, we got Lions at Giants, a complete stunner. And uh, the Lions came into the MetLife house and slapped them in the face because Colby picked them to win. So, Colby, what are your thoughts on uh, Dayball getting stunned by another out, probably outpassionate coach? I think that's what this was. <laughs> well, you know, there was, uh, there was no way I was going to get the Lions and the Bears in the same week. And... I, I mean, I would like to take some credit for this one because, as I said on Thursday, I was originally had, was going to pick the Lions and was leading towards them, and I was like, well, wait, are the Lions really going to win three in a row? But they, credit to them, they did, so I was wrong. You have to listen to that Thanksgiving take, Colby. After the first year and a half with Campbell and Golf not winning a road game, they've now won two road games in a row. Um, this was a, a good win for the Lions, and it kind of also showed why, I mean, you and I and so many others were not believers in the Giants before the year. And while I still think they'll be in the playoffs, their offense is still limited. Daniel Jones has been having, obviously, a really nice year compared to what he's been. But he got back to his ugly Daniel Jones ways with turning the ball over in this game. And the Giants also lost Wandale Robinson, their receiver. He tore his ACL, so he's out for the year. That's a big loss. Because their receiving core is already not very good as it was. And to lose them, that's a big loss. See, I mean, this is the concern with the Giants, right? That they just have a limited offense, and when their defense uh, isn't playing great, and the Lions ran the ball very well, uh, Jamal Williams, has, I think, leads the NFL in touchdowns. They have a nice little two-headed monster with him in Swift. Um, for the Lions, man, these are exciting times. They've won three in a row. Um, we were talking, you know, several weeks ago, Dan Campbell looking like uh, as much as we love him. It's, it was not looking good, but now he's won three in a row. I think he probably keeps his job at this point. Still probably need to win one or two more down the stretch, but, I mean, this has been the best time for Detroit football in a while. Um, and like I like I said on Thursday, part of the reason I initially liked them, they're playing with house money because they got that Rams pick, which as of today would be higher than their pick. Um, and so that is really helpful for them. And they got even more good news today because something we, we mentioned a few times throughout different episodes of this show, but Jamison Williams, their first-round receiver, is 
making his return to practice this week. Yeah. They picked him in the first round. He was the guy. He was was originally the number one receiver in the draft, and then he uh, tore his ACL in the national championship game against Georgia. So I don't think he's going to play this week yet, but he is coming back to practice. So they'll probably get to see him down the stretch here in the last several games of the year of what he can be. And so the potential for Detroit with two potentially pretty good draft picks in the first round next year, I mean, things are looking up. They, this is the best things have been looking for Detroit football in quite some time. So credit, props to the Lions, man. I'm happy for him. But props to Dan Campbell. I'm glad he's, he's got the, finally got things cooking. Yeah, so a couple things. Uh, Coley, you should have taken into account the Thanksgiving take that I had, you know. You should have joined Christian onto that storyline hype. Because, uh, like I said, here's here's the storyline, you know, the cow- all the Cowboys and Vikings game, that one's going to determine how hyped that was. I said the Patriots, if they take care of business, they'll make the Vikings game entertaining. Uh, Giants going to Dallas, if the Dallas Cowboys or Giants won their game, that would be f- hype. But I wanted the Lions to win so they can host the Bills for their Thanksgiving game. So that way we have a just an electric day where the Bills are coming in. You know, off of a shaky couple of games, and you have the Lions running it coming into a with a win streak, which is when's the last time we said that on Thanksgiving? The Lions are coming in on a win streak, so that that was you know I thought that was something that was hopefully that's why I was so happy. And I said this about Dan Campbell with Christian. I think I don't know if you were you heard this, but uh, I was like, if Dan Campbell wins this Thanksgiving game, he probably saves his job this season. Oh yeah. Like that's what I'm saying. Like if he wins this game and he has this win streak, he's going to be he's there for next season. Like this is a monumental moment for Detroit football if they win this game. So, maybe a little sneak peek on what our picks are going to be for the well, at least my pick will be, but uh yeah, man. I I'm really I'm digging what the Lions are serving. I was hyped when I saw the news today of Jamison Williams uh coming back from his in- slowly coming back from his injury returning to practice. Um, it's good mode. Like I said, the Bears and Lions, they're trying to get, they're taking, the NFC North right now needs to take advantage of this Aaron Rodgers window that he left open. You know, power hates a vacuum. And, uh, after that, after the Cowboys game, I don't know who's going to take it. So still some question marks on who's going to take that power spot. And, you know, right now the Lions probably just need to figure out who's going to be the quarterback of the future. Cause it's definitely still not Jared Goff. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, Jared Goff, like, as good as Lions look, like, he was not great in this game. So, I, I don't think he's the guy. But, and like and like we, we've said, I mean, this is really, it's like, and it feels so weird to say this about the Detroit Lions, but this is, of all the teams that are going to be in position and probably looking to draft quarterbacks in the first round this year, this is by easily the best landing spot for, for said rookie, whatever rookie quarterback uh, they did end up picking. Like, you come in, you've got a good offensive line, real weapons, um, and if you're not quite ready, I mean, they'll still have golf. Like, it's golf, yes, he's not great, but, I mean, I've, he's still generally, like, he's fine if you need to sit the rookie for half the year or, or most of the, the, a season to get him, you don't feel like he's ready. Uh, he can still win games with golf. So, it's a great spot. They're second place in the North, and yeah, like you said, this is... This is the best Thanksgiving slate we've had that I can remember, honestly. Like, yeah, in a while. <laughs> yeah, I would say it's probably 
dude, there's probably one Thanksgiving game. Probably when the Raiders upset the Cowboys. I know it wasn't supposed to be a good game, but I think that one was... I think that was a good Thanksgiving slot. I don't know who Detroit played, but I think they made that game close too. But yeah, no, going into Thanksgiving though, I think this is the first time where it's like, okay, yeah, this is actually like a good, you know, probably this is probably a moment where a lot of people are going to be just stuck in front of the TV because <laughs> it's just hopefully that's like that's my my dream would be you know helping out with some food. Oh man, can't wait for Thanksgiving, man. Getting me excited. Thank you, Lions, for winning. But let's talk about the Disappointment Bowl up in Denver. Went up to overtime, and then Devontae Adams torches their star cornerback and was wide open for the overtime touchdown to win. The Raiders sweep the Broncos of the season. Colby, this was the one time you picked the Broncos, and they let you down. Yeah. I mean, like we said, this was a game that, like, I... I think we were saying, like, I guess someone has to win. And, I mean, for a little bit, it looked like they might go for the tie, and then Devontae Adams did uh, make the play. Uh, so the Raiders have three wins this year and two are against the Broncos. That should tell you everything you need to know about Denver. Yep. Um, <laughs> it, it's right has been tweeting out a stat, and I'm sure others have had this stat as well, but he, he's the one who I saw from, so give him credit there. The Broncos, and this, and even though the Raiders ended up scoring more because it went to overtime, if the Broncos, they have wasted a very good defense. If the Broncos have scored eight, have scored eighteen points, just eighteen points, not even twenty, eighteen points in every game, they would be nine and one. But their offense has been so bad they can't even score that many. They're three and seven. I mean, the Russell Wilson contract might go down as the worst contract of all time. Like that—that that is just—I cannot believe how bad he has been this year. Yeah, the defense has been living up to their side of the bargain. And the thing is, it's, it's probably going to be harder to replicate that next year. Or, you know, it's going to be hard to keep that defense sound, especially if Russell Wilson's going to be performing like that for the next couple of seasons. You know, it's very, uh, you know, discouraging. So, yeah, I, 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 this is for, I picked the Raiders for this one. I'm not proud of it, but... It was the. It just made the most sense. I honestly did. I I lost all trust in the Rus, in the Broncos and their Russell Wilson dra drama. Uh, I don't know. I'm. I don't know what to think of it. I don't know. I I think I'm with you, Colby. I just don't know when I'm going to retrust the Broncos. Maybe until Russ is not in that uniform or not starting. But that's a bold. That's a very bold take to feel like to say. But at this moment, it's the truth for me. Um, <laughs> I'm not really, you know, that invested. They waived Melvin Gordon today, so that just tells you more of the, you know, just more of the circus that's going on over there. Yeah, you know, like we said, I mean, these are, I mean, like we said, this really was the disappointment bowl. Like, both these teams had went in with such high hopes and expectations, and they both have been just absolute dumpster fires, um, pretty much from the get-go, so. Yeah. I still, I would, but I would much rather be the Raiders going forward than the Broncos. Just because Derek Carr, though, is a bit bad this year. He was fine in this game. Um, but, like, it's much easier for them to move off Derek Carr than it will be for the Broncos to move off Russ. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, they're both in a tough spot, but I'd, I'd much rather be the Raiders going forward. 
Yeah, well, uh, I just I think both teams are in a terrible spot to be honest. Yeah, uh, I would rather be in neither. So I'm done. To, I really don't. I just dude, this this game was just so so disappointing. Um, yeah, not even like it was so low scoring for an overtime game too, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, twenty-two to sixteen. So they came in at sixteen apiece, but. That's more points than my team put up the entire game. So let's talk about the Cowboys at the Vikings. Colby, if you want to take the floor real quick before I uh, I have to go ahead and hear all this pain and misery and go through this one last time and just get it off the plate and just really, really just get everything out. Yeah, I mean, I was feeling, I felt bad for you while I was watching this game. I was thinking about you as I'm just sitting there. I mean, this one, it got out of hand quickly. I really, I think we all were on the Vikings because they were, were like, how are Vikings home underdogs? Well, that's how. Um, and the Cowboys have have had, like you said, have had your number in recent years. And, but this was this was bad. Um, this was the best Dallas has looked on both sides of the ball really all year. Um, it's a throwaway the tape game. Um, the biggest thing. To me, and I'm sure you'll talk about it, was you lost Marisol. That's huge. Obviously, we're still going to lose this game, but because uh, it was just not going well. But that's a big loss. Hopefully, he's all right. I'm not sure what the status of him is. I mean, this is why I've had the Cowboys prior. They obviously lost that game. They shouldn't have been Green Bay last week. But if you take that game out, they've been rolling. And that's why I've had them so high in my power rankings. When they're on, I mean, they can beat anybody. They have a lot of nice pieces, and Dak played really well. This was the best Dak has looked all year, so that's big for them. But yeah, I, I did not see this coming. I would would not have been surprised at all had they just the Cowboys won, but um, for them to go in there and beat y'all like this when y'all were eight and one, the Vikings. That I mean, this is a huge statement for Dallas. We'll see if they can keep it going down the stretch. You can never fully trust them. Um, but yeah, man, I, I'm sorry for you. This was a tough one. Kirk Cousins, you know, it was outside of 1 o'clock, so even though it wasn't technically a night game, this was a big spot, and you know, Kirk, I mean, it's just what he does, what can you say? Yeah, I can. all I can say really is our O-line got destroyed, um, once Christian Derenslaw went down, I think that's just where everything just derailed, seven sacks on uh, Kirk Cousins, uh, poor guy didn't stand a chance to the point where they had to put Nick Mullins in, uh, and we only got 70 yards on rushing with Dalvin Cook. So it's like it's not like we got anything going. The O-line was just beat the entire time. And like you said, I would normally say, yeah, it's the 4 o'clock slot. But no, nah, this was very concerning. Especially when, you know, we were always in these big games. Always in these close games. And then here comes the big one. And then we just get put down again by another NFC East team. So... It's very concerning in my opinion, but the only thing that concerns me is mostly the O-line because we're about to face the Patriots who have Matthew Judon. He's going to be getting down there pretty cool. I can already tell that he's probably going to be having a day. Christian Derisaw has already rolled out for that game with a concussion. So uh, it's uh, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting game Thursday on, on Thursday night, but uh, right now I really hope that after this just absolute slapping in the mouth, that the boys just rally through one more time to make another postseason, just to get another push ready for the post postseason, because I knew the I knew the November I knew when there was a loss coming in November, 
So I'm not, I wasn't too hurt. I wasn't too heartbroken. I was mostly deflated about how badly we got beat. That, that was how, that was something that I was just upset about was how badly we got beat. But one thing is for sure. It's just still a regular season game. It wasn't a playoff game. If it was a playoff game, it would definitely feel 10 times worse, but, um, definitely can grow from this one. And hopefully our O-line just can get itself ready for what the Patriots are about to bring. Yeah, yeah, that's true. This Patriots team is going to be very telling for you guys. That, um, you all coming off this last game, that's going to be very interesting one to watch for sure. Yep. So we're going to move on to what the game ended up turning into, which was the Bengals and Steelers. Because after the Vikings got blown out through the third quarter, they switched it over to a much better and competitive game, like they said. Um, the Steelers were keeping this game very competitive until the Bengals pulled away in the second half. Um, Colby, what are what are your thoughts on this game, man? This was a, this one looked like it was a fun one, man. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they lost. It was obviously they could have had it, which stings. Um, the season's over, obviously. Um, but, you know, there's some positives. We'll try to be positive. I mean, it was definitely, I mean, this was the best that the offenses looked all year. Um, even though they were cooking in the first half, they kind of struggled down the stretch in the second half. They weren't very good. But they got 30 points. The most they'd scored before this was 23. Um, and the defense was bad. Gave up 37, which that's a major concern since that's supposed to be good for the team. Uh, and T.J. Watt and Nick were both out there. They still got cooked like that. Um, so that's a little alarming. But, I mean, pick here, definitely. Um, he was really, really good in the first half. Second half, he was all right. He was fine. He wasn't great. But the play calling in the second half was still not good. So I still think the offensive coordinator probably still needs to go. We'll see what happens with that. Um, but like I said, you got that second-round pick from the Bears. The Steelers are going to have the highest draft pick you've had since you picked Big Ben. Um, so... This season is lost, but uh, the, the big positive spin on it for me is just Pickens looks better the last two weeks. He's improving. That's all, all you can really ask. He still doesn't look great. Um, there's obviously a lot of better quarterbacks, but I don't know. I mean, I look at Zach Wilson and Davis Mills, some of the other guys in this league, and he's significantly done more to prove he's significantly better than them at this point. No, but he at least looks comfortable. He seems to be a leader. Like, I like a lot of what I've seen from Kenny. This was a nice game. Pickens was making some plays. So, he's getting better. Two straight games with no interceptions is big because he was having some real interception problems the first few games he played. So, yeah, I mean, that's my biggest positive takeaway is that Pickens is getting better. That's really all that the rest of this year is about. Try to hope Kenny continues to improve and grow. See what you got going into next year. Reloading this draft, hopefully, and fix some of the problems on the O-line and things. But yeah, I mean, it's a tough loss. Real concerned about the defense. But overall, um, I don't feel too bad because, like I said, this was the most points they've scored all year and, and, and probably Kenny's best game. Uh, so he's improving. And that's what all you can ask for with, with, with the quarterbacks, really. Yeah, he was. He, he improved, Colby, but I'm going to tell you that he improved because I think it's because your defense gave him more opportunities to put up points. Um, they did get some turnovers. They did get a couple turn. They got two two interceptions on Joe Burrow. That's so, true. But I will give Kenny the props for not turning over the ball, and so you got to give him credit for that when it's due. Um, 
mostly, you know, this was a close game. Obviously, you guys, I think this was a big one with play calling as well. Because, like you said, this one was showing a little bit of how much outclassed you guys were. Bengals did have the better, slightly better team. But, I, I'm, I can, Colby, I can sit here and say, you can at least feel a little bit better. Because Kenny Pickett did keep you guys fighting in this game. But, Mitch Trubisky won that game. Just saying. No. Mitch Trubisky won week one. Same team. Same team. It was the same team. They had Jamar Chase at the time, too. Yeah, but they also got, like, six turnovers in that game. Five or six turnovers. They sacked Burrow, like, seven times, which they did not do this time. Hey, man. Still, hey, man. It was better, a lot better in this game than that first game. We'll see. We'll see. Another thing, uh, we did talk about this during the game, was Najee Harris is starting to act a little more fun for y'all after you went yeah. off on him. So he's starting to be more fun. So that's good. He having some highlight moments, but... Yeah, that's about all I had to say. Um, Bengals, you know, they're keeping things interesting in the AFC North, especially when, you know, their wide receivers are dropping like flies. But, you know, Baltimore's offense is not looking at any better. So it's going to be a very interesting conclusion to the AFC North, in my opinion, especially when you have those two offenses just banged up and just trying to figure things out almost week to week. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the Bengals, I mean, the biggest thing for them is Burrow was on Burrow. Yes, Burrow threw two picks, but, I mean, they barely punted. Like, the, the two picks, they scored almost every other drive. So, yeah. like, even though they threw two picks, Burrow was really sharp in this game. And and the biggest thing for the Bengals is, as we said, and I think we got to remember this to, to try to remember maybe next year, not to overreact early. Like, offensive lines, I think, I mean, it just takes time. But, like, their own line this game, compared to the first time, like, the first game, obviously, we said week one, like, when we beat them, their, their line was a mess, and it just got dismantled. This game, their own line held its own pretty well. Um, and T.J. Watt was out there. The defense was all, pretty much at full strength. So, like, their line has improved down the stretch this year. Even though it's still not great, it's gotten better. Um, and that makes them, the Bengals, I have a little, little quick question I want to ask you at the end after we talk about the Chiefs, but... Uh, I think they're once they get chased back in the playoffs. If they're in the playoffs, they are very dangerous. All's all set. All right, yeah. Well, let's go ahead and transition on over to the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Chargers. Um, Chiefs win thirty to twenty-seven in a last-ditch effort, and then the classic Chargers collapse of what the heck are they going to do and how are we going to ruin this thing? And they did it. They showed you how. Um, I personally did not watch too much of this game because I was still a little depressed about the Vikings. So, uh, Colby, did, how much did how, what do you have, what are your takeaways from this game? Yeah, I mean, I didn't see this entire game, but I saw a good bit of it. Um, you know, I mean, this was almost I kind of exact went exactly how I thought it would. Um, I picked the Chargers. I think uh, um, most of us liked the Chargers to cover. I don't remember exactly what you picked, but um, and the Chargers did cover the six and a half. Uh, or in six, whatever it was. Uh, it was a thriller. The Chargers were up, and they could have had it, and then the Chiefs, you know, rallied in the home one, as he always does. Uh, it really stinks for the Chargers, because they really needed this one, and they nearly had it. Herbert was great in this game. He was very, this was not on him, but it was. Um, and I don't think this year has been on Herbert, the fact that they're 5-5, they're five five, underachieving, but into the hunt. Um, another thing I saw, Another tweet I saw from, I can't remember, some NFL guy, I'll forgive you who said it, but 
Uh, they were talking about the, the, this game, and it was like the Broncos, Chargers, and Raiders spent like a billion dollars combined this offseason to try to stop the Chiefs, and the Chiefs basically have the division locked up before Thanksgiving. Yep. <laughs> that is terrible. Yeah. I bet you half of that billion, though, came from Denver. Yeah, the Chiefs, they're, they're just top dog. I mean, what can you say? Mahomes is just unbelievable every week. I mean, he's he's going to win another MVP this year, I think. Um, he's the best quarterback in the league. And their offense is just their offense is just dynamic. It always is, and it's, it's going to continue to be. So the Chiefs are juggernaut. The Chargers, man, it would have been great if they had gotten this one. They really needed it. Um, but I'm not ready to rule out the Chargers yet. I'm not going to rule them out either, but I am going to be signaling the bat signal because Staley is in trouble. Um, I think this one is a guarantee. Like, this one is a Staley's in trouble Um, because I feel like, like you said, Herbert, I'm looking at the numbers. Herbert did do his part, you know. You know, it looked like the O-line, you know, they're still a little banged up. And Herbert got sacked five times, but that's also the Chiefs defense just being the Chiefs defense. So... Herbert's working with what he's got. That's why I always like to say Keenan Allen came back. That was huge for him. Um, and Mike Williams. So yeah, he's getting his receivers back. And so looking forward, the Chargers, yeah, they gave a competitive fight to the Chiefs. Um, but looking forward, this game, you know, they're in the hunt, like you said. You have to at least feel good that you gave them a good run for their money. Obviously, you want the win. But you're in the hunt. Still keep your head high, you know. Try and you gotta keep you got it for Staley's sake for St- yeah Brandon Staley's sake he needs to try get this team to the playoffs somehow in some way. Yeah, no, yeah, the Chargers. There's a lot on the line for them these last few weeks. They'd be one of my most intriguing teams to keep an eye on down the stretch here. Um, but man, they really could use that one. <laughs> they would have helped a lot to win that game. Oh yeah. So, Cole, what was that question you had for me? Yeah, so yeah, I just thought it could be a fun little, it's not even, I wouldn't even really say it's a segment, it's just really, um, but I was just thinking, as I said, the Chiefs, I mean, I don't know if we're going to do power rankings, I guess it'll be next week, post-Thanksgiving, right, will be the next time we do yep, it. Yep, after week 12. Yeah, so I'm sure, as of right now, we'll see what happens next week, obviously, but I'm sure, as of right now, I'm guessing, we would probably both put the Chiefs as the number one team, is that fair to say? Uh, they have never left the spot, yes. Yeah, so... They never um, left my number one spot. Yeah, you know, I'll give you props. They're, they're, they're just looking, they look like a juggernaut. And with the Bills, who I think were kind of the favorites with the other, or at least the co-favorites with the Chiefs throughout the year. Um, but they've looked shaky the last few weeks. So my question is just kind of, the Chiefs are clearly with front runners. Who do you think, like Cincinnati last year, no one expected them, and they, they stunned the Chiefs and win the AFC. It's the biggest threat to the Chiefs out of the other kind of top teams in the AFC. So I'll say, I mean, you can be anyone in the AFC, but I mean, those top teams that will really realistically be in there will be the Ravens, the Bengals, uh, the Dolphins, the Bills, Tennessee, I mean, whoever else. So, uh, And it can be anyone else in the AFC as well, Chargers, Jets, Patriots, whoever. But who, who do you think is the, poses the biggest threat to the Chiefs uh, in the playoffs out of the rest of the conference? I would say the Bengals, but they're a little banged up right now. So I want to see how they recover these next few weeks. Um, Despite that, Joe Joe Burrow is balling out. But I want to say, 
it has to be Tua. And for me, that has to be Tua in that offense, dude. It's so, so explosive. Um, it's to the point where they can go out there and beat anybody any given day. Um, sure, you can say the weather thing's going to be a factor, yada, yada, yada. But I'm just thinking compare. I mean, yeah, I'm just thinking just trying to compare the Chiefs to the Dolphins right now. I just think when it comes to putting up points, they both can do it, you know? Obviously, the Dolphins are trying to put... They try to put some money towards their uh, defensive side of the ball. I don't know how it's going to work out for them. Luckily for them, they get the Houston Texans to reopen up after their bye week. But a good test for the Dolphins for me, and I think you'll agree with this. It's going to be the 49ers at San Francisco in December. So, I think think that'll be a good test for them. And... Going forward, the, the Dolphins have a good chance to, you know, run the table and perhaps get a, a, a position to where they don't have to go to Kansas City. I think that's a long shot, but that's something that we can consider because they don't play each other this season no more. So their paths can run. It could be a direct crash course from there. Um, But yeah, I think that, that would be for me, it would, I would say the Bengals, but since they're pretty beat up right now, even though despite their winning, I'm going to go with the Dolphins. That's a good answer. I, I think about the Dolphins. The only thing, and I think the Dolphins have as good of argument as anyone right now. I just need to see, I need to see them win some games in, in the cold weather now here down the stretch. Because I do have some, a little concern, not a huge concern, because I do think they're a really good team and they have a good coach. Um, and Tua has been a lot better than I thought he would be this year, even with the weapons. But, I do still have a little concern. He's smaller. How how is his offense going to look in some of these cold weather games when they have to go to Buffalo or go to Kansas City, Baltimore, Cincinnati, or somewhere like that? Go to New England, that kind of thing. Um, but uh, I, I, you mentioned I'm, I'm still going to stay Cincinnati just because, and I've been saying that all year. To me, their offense is is the most dangerous when it's cooking. Other than I mean, up there, other than the Chiefs, just because, but. With their line playing better lately, and Mixon got injured this game, but I think it was just a concussion, so it probably won't be out too long. Um, so I'll say Cincinnati just because, one, I've seen them beat the Chiefs before twice, and so that, that counts. I mean, I've seen them do it. And also, like, I, again, once they get Chase back, I mean, we'll see how he looks. They do have an improved line, even though it's still not great. Um, I just think their offense is so dangerous, and they've got enough of a de- defense that can cause problems. I don't know, man. Buffalo, I just can't trust Buffalo right now. And I, I trust Cincinnati more than Buffalo in kind of the big spots, uh, weirdly. So, uh, I'll still say Cincinnati, but I, I mean, I understand. Miami definitely has a case. And for me, if uh, maybe, just maybe, see, the Titans offense is just nothing to be raving about. But as a team, man, they are playing sound football. So I want to give them their flowers. That's the only reason. I know they don't. I know it's not. I know it's not fun football, but it is. It is something. You know, it is something to keep an eye on for. So. No, that, no you make a good point. I mean, they almost beat the Chiefs with Malik Willis. What did he complete like five passes in that game? And they yeah. still, the Chiefs needed overtime to beat them. So the Titans, they do have a real defense, um, and they could pose some problems. So that that they also have a chance. Yeah, so AFC playoff picture is going to be fun, just as anticipated as a NFC one, I hope. But 
Yeah, man. I think that's a good question. That, that is a really good question. Um, so, going forward, wrap things up here, Colby. Do you have any uh, segment ideas, or do you want to save these guys for Thanksgiving? Really, uh, uh, I, that was my only real segment idea that I had going into Thanksgiving. I do, like I said, we'll talk on Wednesday, but I am very excited. It's very good Thanksgiving slate. Um, I don't know if you wanted to talk a little, any NBA at all? Yeah, I was about to say, we can do a quick NBA touch-up real fast then. Um, a little quick NBA quick play, that's what I like to call it, since uh, we're going to go through this pretty quickly, usually. But uh, no time limit, so we're taking our time. Let's go ahead and uh, yeah, let's talk about a little NBA, Cole. So uh, your Kings are still keeping up the hype, for the most yeah, part. Winners of six, like of recent. Six wins in a row. I said a few weeks ago, my final, but I really like what the Kings have this year. Um, I don't know, and obviously, like when I say I like the Kings, I don't think they're gonna make a deep playoff run or anything. But I think they could legitimately be in the playoffs. They won six in a row. They have some really fun pieces. Um, Fox is having the, it's early, obviously, but Fox is having the best year of his career. He has unlocked another gear. Sabonis is a nice running mate for him. It's kind of weird, like, they don't really, like, the style of basketball that, like, Fox and Sabonis play, it seems like it wouldn't really go together, but it kind of fits together perfectly. They play nice together. Keegan Murray, they drafted as a stud out of Iowa, and Malik Monk and Herter, man, they got two really nice shooters. Malik Monk is having a great year. Uh, Herder, Herder is playing well. So I don't know what the ultimate ceiling is, but the Kings are fun. And I also forgot, I honestly completely forgot, we didn't talk about it before, but another reason to pull for the Kings, because they have their, their relative, it's not brand new, but very new arena that they built just a few years ago uh, when people thought they might relocate and then they end up building a new arena. Whenever they win, they shoot like a giant purple beam of light up into the sky. Yep, they're the beam team. And yeah, the beam team. I'm like, I totally forgot about that. It makes me love this Kings, uh, my Kings talk even more. So yeah, man, props to Sacramento. We obviously can talk about other teams, but that, that that's good stuff for them. I think it's a good segue, actually. I like talking about, I like the fact that you brought up uh, that, because I, I get to bring that up now that that we are talking about Sacramento and that you at least called it. I do at least give you your credit. I say my buddy, I always say my friend calls Sacramento being hyped for right now in this season. Um, obviously it's early, but you know, winners of six, you're surprising the league right now. I mean, you and the jet, them and the jazz. I mean, I, I didn't say the jazz would be this good, but I did say, you know, they got some guys there that keep themselves competitive, but I wasn't expecting them to be 12 and 6. So, Colby, what are your thoughts on the Jazz? How do you think they can uh, maintain this? I guess it would, this is how, the, yeah, this is exactly how this is going to go. I'm just going to be asking you questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, like I said, I, I mean, I thought it would be a fluke when we talked early, but, and I still feel like it's kind of fluky, but I mean, at some point, we're going to have to give them their respect. I mean, they're almost a quarter of the way through the season. Um, I mean, we're almost to Christmas. Yeah. Right now, almost not quite 20 games in, but almost 20 games in, they're still first in the West. Um, I mean, hand up, I, I did not foresee Lowry marking it. I mean, he, he's got to be in the MVP conversation. So, obviously, it's way too early, but in the way too early MVP conversation, he's up there. I mean, he's having a ridiculous season. Um, their, their new coach from the Celtics, Will Hardy, he... Uh, Looks like to be a really good coach. Um, like, yeah, I, I don't think they're legit. Like, I, I still don't 
I mean, but they, I think they might, they might find themselves in the play-in if they keep this up. Like, I definitely don't think they're going to be at that bottom tier with uh, for the Women's Yama race. Like, the Spurs were doing pretty well early, but they've all ran. The Spurs are already bottoming out, flatlining. They're going to be what we thought they were right in the tank race. The Jazz had it yet, so, I mean, yeah, I never saw this coming. We'll see how long it lasts, but yeah, they're, 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 they're a fun team, too. They got a lot of, like you said, some interesting guys who are playing really well. They actually, I think most nights bring Sexton off the bench, which is kind of interesting, but it's been working. So, they, yeah, the Jazz, man, what can you say? Like, they've been really good. They have been really good, and it's been very, uh, I think that's been a pleasant surprise for uh, for me, at least. Because, um, like I said, they took a lot of our core guys and the, my team's paying for it, but at least it's uh, paying off for somebody, you know. It's not like one of those trades where both teams just don't benefit. So, they got a nice young core going forward, and it's going to be awesome to see uh, how they go forward. But, speaking of teams that were bottoming out, like you said, the Spurs did lose to the Lakers, who are now on a three-game winning streak. AD, 30 points, 15 rebounds in three nights, three games in a row. Uh, do you think... Do you think this is going to be maintainable? Do you think this AD recipe for success is? You think you've seen enough of it, or do you think you know what's what you're getting for here? Um. Well, yeah. I mean, I never thought they would be the worst team in the league, even though they're. I still don't think they're good. Um. I I, I don't see them unless they make a trade. I don't, I still don't see them take them seriously, just because. I mean, they're just they just still have a weird roster. AD can be great. LeBron can be great. But that's still, at this point, because LeBron's so much older now and AD has his injury history, like, AD's been pretty much healthy all year. So, you know that's going to that's gonna change at some point. You hate to say that, but, I mean, history shows. Mm-hmm. I think, though, if they live in hand, I think they appear to be playing at least better defense for him than they did last year, even though I never thought Vogel was the problem. Um, give Darvin Hand some credit. Um, I, I don't think it's sustainable as of now, though. But if they make, and I really still just do not understand why they did not do. I mean, I get not wanting to give up the picks down the road, but like they really should have done that Indiana trade, man. Because they had Heald and Miles Turner on this team instead of Russ. Like, not that those guys are spectacular, but they would fit better with this roster and give you more shooting. Like, I, I feel like had they done that trade, they would have been in a lot better position. So I, I'll still say no. I still don't think they'll they're legitimate, but. I mean, we'll see what happens. Yep, yep. We'll see what happens. I, I, I was about to say, I was thinking the same thing. Um, all right, I got a couple more questions for you. Okay. Let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and talk about your Nuggets real fast. Nuggets yeah. are in the are in the thick of it, you know. You're tied with the Blazers and Suns, ten games apiece. Um, which I'm gonna. Which team do you think? Do you guys think you can? Uh, Keep that get go in the top three spot and keep it this year. Yeah, yeah, no, I I like what a lot I like what I've seen from the Nuggets so far. Last night was huge. The last night they beat Dallas without Jokic and Murray. Yeah, uh, Jokic and Murray were both rested, and they beat the Mavs. And Luka was playing, so that's also partly. I also not a believer in the Mavs this year. I what I've seen from them, even though they Luka's amazing, like they don't have enough. I don't think to be. I don't see that. I think they're going to – I mean, they'll be in the mix, but I don't take the Mavs too seriously as a contender just because they don't have enough outside of Luka. But Bones had a great game last night, which, which makes me excited. He was kind of the go-to guy. And, and Porter has been doing really well. Murray has been improving, and he's been solid. Jokic is actually kind of 
not playing the level he has the last two years, but he hasn't needed to, um, which is good. He's not scoring nearly as much. He's only averaging like 21 points a game. That's going to have to obviously get bumped up down the stretch in bigger games. But, no, I'm really happy with what I've seen from the Nuggets so far. I believe they'll be in a position to have a high seed to not have to play Golden State in the first round. Well, we'll see what happens with Golden State. But Yeah, Golden State, they're starting to get their groove back. Yeah, they are starting to get their groove back. So I think they'll be in the next uh, – I think they'll end up being fine probably. But, you know, I really like what I've seen from the Nuggets so far. It's early, but I'm optimistic, especially with what I've seen from Murray uh, and Porter so far all right all right i like to hear that i like to hear that let's go ahead and transverse to the east here real fast colby your magic stink <laughs> my magic yeah no they're not very good hallow is nice but they are bad yeah they're they're terrible <laughs> yeah so I'm go- i wanted to address that but yeah they but i'm about to say the bulls have been a complete disappointment as well and uh same thing with the Pistons, actually. I'm looking at this right now. Not really, but the big, biggest one for me, though, is the Bulls and Heat, both with 10 losses, Cole. How are you feeling about that? Because I think we both, I think you had the Heat pretty low on the spectrum. And yeah. I, I think you had both these teams actually lower on your spectrum. And uh, you, and that, I was the one that was like, hey, maybe you should push them up. But right now, they're proving you right. Yeah. Now, so far... Like I said, I know you and I have both said when we did our NBA preview that we have concerns about the Heat. The Heat have hit their ceiling yeah. um, with the group. So, yeah, I, I have real concerns about the Heat. I, I'll be working on another tiers maybe to knock out maybe like first week of December, week after Thanksgiving. We might have to get into the next NBA tiers um, oh, yeah. almost way through the year. Pre-Christmas tiers, but, um, you know, so the Heat, I'm not too surprised that the Bulls, I thought the Bulls would be like solidly a playoff team. And they, they are, it's obviously so early, but the Bulls, I mean, they're worse than I thought they would be. I, I thought they were just kind of like, nah, they're fine. Like they're a solid team. They've taken a huge step back and they've had some injuries. Lonzo Ball is still not played. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I think they'll maybe get it together, but I do think there's just kind of a ceiling. For this Bulls team, and it, it's been rocky so far. So I've been surprised to see them struggle, especially like as good as they looked at times in the regular season last year, um, back when they were all healthy. Like this is their second year together, so I thought they would be kind of just a solid team, but they have not been good so far. We'll see if that lasts, but definitely some real concerns for, for the Bulls. Um, DeRozan has predictably, like, like I said, he's a good player. Last year he was played out of his mind. I don't see. I said, and I said that was another part of the reason why I was down on the Bulls. It's like there's no way he's going to replicate this again next year. He's in his 30s. He's still a good player. I have nothing against DeRozan, but he's not going to be able to just. That was just an outlier. Like he's not going to have that kind of a year again. And the team, yeah, the team. Levine hasn't been as good. Vucevic uh, is older, so I, I don't really know where the Bulls go from here. They'll be a team that's interesting to see if they make any kind of drastic big or anything at the deadline, depending on how these next couple months go. But yeah, I mean, I wasn't super high on the Bulls, but I'm surprised to see them struggle as much as they have. Yeah, me too. I, I was about to say, that was one of the bigger ones that highlighted my attention. You think the Nets are going to be able to bounce back into this uh, playoff thick, Colby? Winners of two straight? Um, yeah, I mean, I think they'll be in, in the play-in slash playoffs just because they still have Kevin Durant and Ben Simmons is finally like starting to play basketball again the last few games which is the biggest thing for them 
Um, Kyrie, you know, he's working his way back. Uh, I think he's finally back now from the suspension, or he's about to be. You know, I'm sure something else will happen with Kyrie, so you can never fully trust him. I, I still don't think the Nets are going to make a deep playoff run or anything, but I think they'll at least be stabilized. They'll be in the mix. Um, I, they'll be, they're probably a play-in team, realistically, but I, I think they'll probably be in the playoffs. Um, like you said, Ben Simmons, having he's got to be consistent now and continue to improve, but as bad as he was at the beginning of the year, like these last couple games have at least been encouraging. So they're going to need they're going to need him to really step up and, and contribute a lot to this team if they're going to be any good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I say. If Ben Simmons keeps the, if Ben Simmons actually starts playing basketball like you said, maybe he'll actually give the Nets the boost that they were expecting from him. Um, final take. Let's talk about the top four here, Colby. Celtics, Bucks, Hawks, Cavs. My question for you is: Is there do you which team the third the Hawks or the Cavs has the better chance to take one of those one or two teams, and how? So can oh, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad you mentioned Celtics because if you didn't say anything, I was going to mention them because I've been, it's very impressive how good they've been without Ime Udoka. Like they haven't missed a beat. Um, they're deeper than last year. Getting Brogdon was huge, uh, and, and Tatum has just taken another step forward. He's an excellent player. Um, but I'll say the Cavs. Um, just because I still, I don't know, man, the Hawks, it's worked so far. Like, just, you know, I was burned by the Hawks last year pretty badly. And, <laughs> I, mean, not, I, I mean, I didn't say they were going to win the championship or anything, but I did not But we did them. expect them to at least be back in the playoffs and not be a stinker like they did. Like, we both agreed that they were one of the most disappointing teams Yeah. at the end of so, the season. So I'm with you right there. Don't worry, I'm with you on that. <laughs> yeah, so Murray and Trey Young, at least it's working so far. Which I think they're exciting, they're fun, but I, I just like the Cavs overall roster a lot more. Um, even though, I mean, Trey Young, he's probably the best player on either of those teams. Mitchell's having a really good year, but I'll say the Cavs mostly just because, like, the Cavs don't need Mitchell or Garland. Like, I was thinking, but like last night, Mitchell only had like 13 points and they won, and Garland had like 25 and seven. So the Cavs have enough guys where like it can be a different guy every night that's going to get you. you know, I mean, they're they're deep. Uh, Love is injured right now, which is kind of a big loss. He's a nice bench piece. But the Cavs' just depth um, is the biggest reason. I don't know if either of them will, because I think Milwaukee and Boston are both excellent. Um, But the Cavs just, to me, have more upside and more depth. They just have more guys that can beat you. Um, The Cavs are a tough tough matchup, man. I I would not want to see them in the playoffs cause a lot of these teams, even though they don't have the experience. Like, Mobley is such a special, unique player. I I really like Mobley a lot. You know, I mean, you know, I was super high on him coming out of USC. Um, he, he's just such a versatile defender, and he doesn't, like, have to – he's one of those guys, like, he, he can score a lot. He's not, like, he's been a huge scorer, but he can really impact the game even if he's not scoring. And then Jared Allen is obviously a great defender. I still can't – I mean, I know I've said this a million times on here, but I still cannot believe to this day that the Cavs just got Jared Allen as a throw-in in the Harden trade. Like, they were just in the trade to, like, make the money work, essentially, and they just got Jared Allen for basically nothing. Like, yeah. that's still so crazy to me. And Jared Allen is hooping right now, like you were saying. So, and I agree. Hawks are very fun. And uh, I just like what's going on with the Cavs and what they're brewing. They're just deep. they got big dudes, Evan Mobley and Donovan Mitchell. Mitchell's already known. Mitchell already knows how to play with a big center. So, it pretty much is just, you know, moving to a different city in uh you know, another different state. So, 
Colby, final question. Actually, I came up with one more. All right. Biggest fraud, Pacers or Wizards? Who's going to be the first one out of the conference, out of these uh, Eastern top, top Eastern standings? Oh, that's a good question. Biggest fraud. I mean, they're both frauds. I don't think either. Who's the bigger I'll, one? I'll say the I'll say the Pacers just because they're still just so young. Um, I I know I would much rather be the Pacers going forward because they have some young pieces I really like. Halliburton is awesome. Um, Chris Duarte got hurt, and their rookie Ben Mathurian from Arizona has been a lot better than I thought he would be right away. He's, he's an excellent player. He's kicked buckets, plays good defense, a lot of stuff. But they just don't have. I mean, the Wizards like the Wizards just are more of a veteran team. They have more guys that are experienced. Um, so I think the Wizards will end up being the better team down the stretch. Even though the Pacers, I think, are in a better position in the long run, I'll say the Pacers are bigger frauds at the moment. All right. Well, there you go. That was my last NBA, uh, pretty much my last NBA question I had for you. Uh, any final thoughts? Um. Yeah. You know, final thoughts. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, quarterbacks who who are under a lot of pressure these next couple weeks. Young guys. Um, Zach Wilson, obviously, top of the list, but. I mean, Daniel Jones, he, he's got a lot of pressure on him, too. On Thanksgiving, and, yeah. Because the Giants, like, I mean, he's he's the biggest question that people have. And, you know, if we were in had this week, the receiving core is obviously very limited. But Daniel Jones under a lot of pressure. Wilson, I mean, Mac Jones, he, he did enough. He was fine. But, I mean, he's still got Zappy over his shoulder. Like, has Mac Jones hasn't really shown you a lot this year. He, he's got to be better down the stretch. Um so there's a lot of young guys, and there, there's more than just that off the top of my head, but those are just the first ones that came to mind. Just a lot of these guys, how are they going to finish out the year down the stretch? And our, and our guy, well, our, he may not be our guy after this one. I know we parked the bandwagon, but Bill's like, unless he, he's done, unless he doesn't does something magical, which I think it's probably too late. But a lot of guys under pressure. I'm excited to see who kind of delivers and who folds down the stretch here. All right. All right. It's a good final thought. Um... Man, let's see. My final thoughts probably is going to be, whew, let's see, we had the World Cup on here today. I didn't even really watch most of it, to be honest. But I'm going to say, let's. my final thoughts is, America, you tied with Wales. So can we at least make it out of the group stage? That is my final thoughts for the World Cup. And for our episode, thank you guys for watching. Woo! Thank you for listening to the CJJC Show. If you want more content, follow us on Instagram, where we post weekly pickums and other social media whenever that happens. Also, keep a lookout for our pickums list so you can join in on the takes and all the fun. Peace out. <laughs>